Well, here we are again. I believe this is episode number 59. They just keep stacking up. Hey, do you ever feel like all the cool kids are doing something and because you're not, you're not cool? Maybe you felt that way in school. Maybe you felt that way yesterday. I did. <laughs> this is it. It's time for the Where Is It Now Geocaching Podcast, where you can escape the muggles in your life for almost, but not quite, 30 minutes. This podcast is sponsored by the Four State Geocaching Society and was recorded at Digital Planet Studios near Joplin, Missouri. Now let's welcome our host, Where Is It Now? This week, I was supposed to be at Rome, Georgia at the Going Caching event. And by this week, I mean the week I'm recording this. Um, but And I know I said on the last few episodes that I probably was not going to go. And I really had made a decision not to go. So I went out to western, northwestern Kansas and hung out with my daughter who was calling on some of our customers and I had a good time. I love hanging out with her and I love seeing our actually meeting customers I'd never met before. And it was pretty good and everything was going fine until the first person discovered my going caching trading card and the email popped up and then it hit me. I wanted to be there. And the truth is I'm lucky enough in my life. Normally, I can just decide at a moment's notice, I'm going to drop everything and go somewhere. And if I would have been at home, I would have dropped everything and driven to Rome, Georgia, because it hit me that I wanted to be there. Oh boy, it was a hard week then because I spent the whole week with my daughter out in Kansas and I kept getting these notifications. And I got, and to add insult to injury, she was working my butt off. There was no geocaching really to be done. So I had almost four days where I was driving past caches that I needed or didn't have, but I didn't stop to get them. She did take mercy on me about the second or third day and said, we can get one. Well, we got up at 5.30 every morning and we worked till nine that night. And then when we got back, she had more work to do. She's kind of a little bit of a workaholic. And I was too tired to go out and get caches. But I would get up at 5.30 and before we left at, at 7, I would go grab one or two each morning. So I got a couple done, but nothing like I would have done in Rome. Did you guys have fun? Did you go? I had so many people discover my trading card. And I sure wish I could have given that to more people. If you want one and you know me, hit me up. I've got a couple, I bought double the amount, so I'm happy to give you one. Anyway, it's a week where I didn't go to an event. I didn't hardly do any geocaching and uh, it was a little bit tough. I hope you guys got to go to the event. I know it's a huge, huge event in the United States. And if you didn't get to go, and you're sad like me, I totally understand, but I do hope you got to go do some geocaching. Okay, I'm going to press pause here, and I'm going to be gone for a day or two, and then I'm going to come back and add to this podcast. Okay, I'm back. 
You know, before we delve into any deep subjects, which we may or may not do, I want to bring attention to a couple of things that are timely if you're listening to this as it first comes out. Now, if you're listening to this to a year later, don't worry about it. I only take a second to tell you guys this. You're, this is going to release, this podcast will release Saturday, October the 9th at about 8 a.m. So on Saturday, October the 9th starts the first day of two days that you have to get the International uh, Earth Day cash. So you're going to have to go find an Earth cash and log it either this Saturday or Sunday. That's October the 9th or 10th of 2021. And so you need to do that to get the souvenir. And I don't want you to miss it because you have two days only. If you're like me and one of your least favorite geocaches is an Earth cache, I don't know what to tell you. What I try to do is to find someone that likes them and have them take me along with them. Or I look for them six months early and start identifying things I can either answer the question to and then not go to the earth cache until the day I need it. Or I don't know what else. Just just finding some sort of help to get through it because I don't love earth caches. Okay, well, having said that, my friend Spirit Guide called and said, we're going to go on Sunday. He's got one identified only an hour away from us. So we're going to drive to Nevada, Missouri and do an earth cache there on, I don't know if it's Saturday or Sunday, but one of those two days. So that's one thing coming that is starting Saturday and Sunday when you first hear this podcast. The other thing that's already started, it started October the 1st, is the new Reach the Peak for October. Now, I got to tell you, I keep getting confused because when you go to the official geocaching app and you look at the Reach the Peak uh, contest there, it talks about when it ends. And this was a fatal flaw by Groundspeak, I think, because it says March the 6th. And all I see when I go look at that is ends the 6th. I don't really look at the month. And every month, which it's only been two so far, I think I have till the 6th of the next month to finish the previous month. Now, luckily, I get these things knocked out pretty early, so it hasn't affected me. But Melissa, Joe, and I were together this week, and I took her out to try to help her finish her October because I thought we had till the 6th. We don't. And so, Melissa, if you're listening, you are now free. You are set free from having to get X amount of geocaches for seven months in order to get all 14, actually all 15 souvenirs. So no stress for you anymore. And I'm sure she's sick of me calling her every day and say, did you get a geocache today? Did you get a geocache today? <laughs> I even looked him up around where she is and sent her a list of the easy ones that were nearby to no avail. So anyway, that's okay. So reach the peak for October is, is it October? Yeah, it is. For October is Mount Elbrus. And I, I hate it that I can't pronounce these mountains. I literally had to go to Google and Google pronounce Mount Elbrus. And that's how I would have guessed you said it, but you know, and I'm still not even sure, even after having listened to one YouTube video, pronouncing it over and over, what if they don't know how to say it? I don't know. So 
Anyway, Mount Elbrus, let's look at the app. I'm going to open it up for you so you don't have to. This month, you need... Oh, I'm in 10th place. What the heck, people? Of my friends, it only shows 10, and it always shows you. So there may even be other friends ahead of me. I've only got a thousand geocat. I mean, a thousand points so far for this month. Even Melissa is beating me with 1750. I don't understand it. Uh, on my team, number one is Team GeoMonkey. They've got 17,100 points. Then come, and I don't know who they are, but we're friends, you know. Uh, but Train 1904 has 7,500. Wooden Block has 7,300. We're Spirit Guide. He's not even on the list yet. And luckily, when we go get our uh, Earth Cache, we'll get enough, both of us, to finish this out. So you just really need one cache to get the base camp. Uh, it's 325 to get the base camp, and you do get 325 points just for finding anything as a minimum, just a found it log. And what you're really, your big players this uh, month are your geocaches that have more than 10 favorites. You get 750 points and your earth caches, of course, that you get 750 points. After that, then mysteries, uh, 600. They've taken Adventure Labs. I think this is down to 350. But still, you, if you complete a set of Adventure Labs, you're going to get 2,150 points, I think. I don't know. I think I did the math. So anyway, to get to the peak, you need 5,642, 5,642 points. So we need to be aware of that and get out there and get busy. Like I said, I'm lucky because Spirit Guide called me and said, I've got an easy one found in Nevada for the Earth Cache. That'll get us 750 points. And then on the way back, which really is not on the way, but it is if you're geocaching, we're going to swing over to Pittsburgh, Kansas, where I've hidden two new geocaches and uh, a new, is it Joe Moro? J-O-M-O-R-O? I hope I got that right. Who's been placing a lot of new caches just hid 10 more. So we're going to be able to knock it out. I think we're going to be able to reach the peak either Saturday or Sunday, whichever day we go. Now, Train 1904, if you're listening to this, I hear that you took Coco, your little wiener dog, over to stay with Spirit Guide. I just want to update you, which I'm sure you've already heard. Coco had a great first day and night, gets along well with the other animals, and with the people and is doing wonderfully. So enjoy yourself in Ohio. So that kind of wraps up the things that we need to be a pay uh, paying attention to as far as challenges or contests or points go, okay? You know, we haven't given anything away for a few weeks, honestly. So let's give some stuff away. What do you think? The first thing we're gonna give away is a new t-shirt. I shouldn't say new, they're all new. We, I don't wear these things and then give them away. But uh, another t-shirt, and if you're a winner, all you have to do is let me know the size. So far we have small, medium, large, extra large, double extra large, and a few 3X, so triple extra large. To win the t-shirt, all you have to do is send an email to podcast at whereisitnow.org.org, okay? Podcast at whereisitnow.org, and I will draw someone randomly from 
the uh, emails I get. If you've already won, that's okay. Just get one for somebody else. So just tell me the size for your friend or, or, or your spouse or whatever. Uh, happy to do that. Let me just reach behind me and get another item. Got it. Now this was donated by our friend Ryan Simmel and it's one of the leftover coins. I shouldn't make it sound that way. It's a great, it's, it's totally unactivated, a brand new shiny coin, but it's one of the coins from Mingo Madness. And this particular one is the Flint Hills trackable geocoin. Okay. Now the Flint Hills, if you don't know, are in Kansas and they're a very interesting, uh, I don't know. I, I I kind of like them. Now, the first time you see the Flint Hills, you probably, your reaction, if I had to say, describe it in one word, you would say boring. Okay, because they're not mountains. They're just hills, gentle rolling hills with no trees on them. It's the funniest thing. It's miles and miles and miles of gentle rolling hills full of grass and in some places sand with grass and cows you know they're just cows but i have come to find them to be beautiful now when you're leaving joplin missouri heading to wichita which is one place you can run into the flint hills you you reach what my friends from new york and other places like to call the end of the earth and the end of the earth is right before so in their opinion we're out in the middle of nowhere driving through little towns that they think no one lives in and of course they do and they aren't really little towns they're like independence kansas coffeeville parsons those things i mean they're not big but i don't think of it the way they think of it like they're on the edge like they think of it like we're on the moon and this is a little colony or something it's something alien to them but after we leave out that and just start to enter the flint hills they're, they are incredibly, they don't know how I can stand to live out here and make that drive, uh, honestly, that I've made sometimes twice a week, sometimes four times a week for almost 20 years from Joplin to Wichita. I can do it because in the beginning, I felt the way they did that the Flint Hills were kind of, there was nothing. But I've learned that the Flint Hills isn't nothing. It is what it is, right? And I kind of find it really peaceful and beautiful. But there is that section that when you first get in the Flint Hills, you almost see nothing until you're kind of back out of them and reaching Augusta. Now, those of you that live in that area, please don't call and correct me on when it starts and where it ends. The Flint Hills are all over Kansas and they have a lot of different feels. And that was way too much information to give you about the Flint Hills and my opinions on the Flint Hills, which by the way, I happen to love, just to give away a coin. So to win this coin, I will do the same thing. Email us at podcast at whereisitnow.org and you can win this coin, this Flint Hills coin. Speaking of trackables that have not been activated, don't forget, we're getting ever closer, sort of, to giving away the really collectible Mingo Madness trackable bobblehead. Now, remember, if you go to our Instagram, and I think our Instagram is podcast underscore where is it now, or is it where is it now underscore podcast? You should go follow us there. When you go there, there's a picture of mine that I have, and I've got the, act, uh, the code 
visible so that you can discover my bobblehead in case you don't win your own. But while you're there, please follow us and we will draw a winner from the Instagram once we reach 500 followers. You don't have to do anything. You just have to be following us. Okay? Where are we? 465. We're not much closer. I think, I don't even know where we were last time. We've grown a little bitty bit. We need 35 more friends and family, uh, whatever, to follow us. And then we're going to give away the bobblehead. And I think you're going to be the winner. Whoever you are listening, it could be you, right? Anyway, that's where we are on that. And, uh, I'm excited about you guys. I I am so appreciative every time my little counter on my desk here in the studio flips over with one new follower. It's so cool, especially when it happens while we're doing the podcast. Crazy cool. All right. So I think that's all I have to talk about that. Let's move on to something else. And like before, I'm going to be gone for actually a few hours and I know that you know where I'm going. So remember the deal. You don't leave. You just wait for the music to stop and I'll be back. It'll either be an hour or a day, but don't go away. Be right back. Let's go geocaching. (laughs) Okay, well I'm back and thank you so much for waiting for me. You know, I told you guys before, sometimes I record these episodes all in one fell swoop and I get it all done. And sometimes it over a period of days, just because I can only be out here so long before I want to go geocaching. So that's what I did. I quenched my thirst for geocache and I'm back and it is the same day. Miracles do happen. While I was gone, I got something in from Sweetwater Music, uh, my favorite place to buy all kinds of equipment. And as usual, no, they are not a sponsor. They have no idea that I'm talking about them. And I have no idea if anyone at uh, Sweetwater in Fort Wayne, Indiana, geocaches or not. But they are the place to get things. I love buying from them. And as you know, I've struggled countless times with my remote recording gear so I've gone from a large rig to a smaller rig to a smaller rig till I was down with a hard shell case that I couldn't really even fly with and now I bought one I bought a I'm just going to try it out it's a zoom h6 or maybe it's an h4 so I know that's not the newest model by any stretch But I don't think I need it. It has XY patterned uh, stereo mics built into the top of it. And if you're geeky like me, I know you want to know these things. If you're not, just look at it this way. It's a handheld device that has two small microphones built on the top of it. And this should, I hope, enable me to be out in the field and talk to you guys and grab the recordings in a clean and clear Uh, other than what's going on in the background environment. I can't wait to get started. Where are you? I'll come find you right now, and you can be the first one to be recorded. Okay, I don't know how we're going to do that, but you know, I will find you somewhere while you're geocaching. I think it would be fun to go to an event and just wait at a geocache and wait for people to pull up 
And I'm not going to hide behind a tree or anything. I don't want to get shot. But I think I'll just wait there and interview people as they pull up. It might be fun. Okay, so I got that equipment in. I got a geocache. I want to look something up. I was thinking about something. Can you guys believe that I think about geocaching while I'm sleeping? It's true. I not only think about it while I'm awake, I dream about it. And I plan in my dreams, uh, not just about geocaching, but about everything. I don't like to not work. So uh, I hate to waste six to eight good hours not working while I'm sleeping. So let me uh, pull up a web page. Hang on. Okay, I got it. I pulled up Project GC, which as you know, is one of my favorite websites to pull up stats and just all kinds of things. And I was dreaming last night about caches with the most favorite points in different states. Now, I'm not going to go through a list and read them to you like I have in the past. I just want to pick out a couple of states and just talk about those caches. Now, interestingly enough, this one, I, the first one I picked was Texas, and I picked the cache with the most favorite points. It has 1,016 favorite points. Oh my gosh, that's a lot, right? So this must really be special. Well, I pulled up the geocache, and I can't believe it, but I have been to this geocache, but I did not log it. And I kind of remember that there was an issue with time like darkness and time and i thought i'll come back what's bad about that is i didn't know it was texas's oldest geocache when i was there and gave up because of darkness good lord well it was hidden in september of the year 2000 and it's still being maintained and the name of it is tombstone and it is a multi-cache so having a multi-cache from the year 2000 that's pretty special I was reading a little bit and it said the first two stages are, what does it say? I want to read this, are very geoferret friendly. How many of you have geoferrets? I don't know. Amy has a geo goat. <laughs> that is the funniest thing. Her family, uh, Amy that does geocache adventures, geocaching adventures, they have a goat that they put on a leash and take out when they're geocaching. I got to see that. I need to go, I need to go caching with Amy. But a geocaching ferret, I hope that's what they meant, or do they mean something else? Anyway, so uh, the first two stages are supposed to be really simple. The third one's supposed to be harder. But the hint tells you that there's no bushwhacking. I also don't believe I saw that hint when I gave up, because where I was for this third stage, it looked like I was going to have to go into the brush and it was late and it was dark and I just thought, eh, it's a multi, I'll just come back another day maybe. Well, now it's the, I know it's the oldest cache in Texas. It has a ton of favorite points. By the way, if you guys go out now and find that, you're gonna get 750 points towards this month's Reach the Peak if you go finish that cache. How many of you have it? I mean, it has 3,194 logs and I think I read on Project GLC that it has around a 40% uh, favorite points added, which means a couple of things. Either a lot of people that aren't premium members and don't have favorite points to give uh, were unable to, or it could mean that people just forgot because generally these type of caches get favorite points. 
Should we look at another state? Let's do one more. Let's see what I've got. I'm going to go back. I'm at projectgc.com. I'm going up to statistics and then I'm choosing top favorites and I'm going to choose United States and now I'm going to choose another state. Let's choose Connecticut. I don't know. I've been to Connecticut. Let's see what they got going on there. The top cache for favorites is called another brick in the wall. Ooh, this must be an early dated one as well. It's GCE4. Okay, I'm going to pull that up in a browser. GCE4. There it is. Another brick in the wall. Uh, difficulty 2-2. Two, two. This one's a traditional. It's not a multi. It's not a uh, virtual. Let's see what it has. It has 2,095 logs. It's got 414 pictures. I might go look at a picture. Ooh, this is an old one because it describes it as a stash container. So this is back in the days of stashes. Let's see when the hide date was. The hide date, December 11th, 2000. So uh, I wonder if this is the old one. Oldest one. I don't really know if this is the oldest cache in Connecticut or not, but I have a feeling that it is. Let's see what it has to say about it. It's got 2,095. It's got 568 favorites. That's pretty good. Let's see what the hint is. Let's cheat and look at the hint. The hint, to avoid the park fee, I used to park at the end of Hannah's Road and walk in through there. It's been a while, but I believe the trails are still accessible that way. Okay, so evidently, if you want to drive in to get closer, there is a park fee. That's no big deal. You'd pay a park fee for one of the oldest caches, right? Or stashes in this case. Uh, the, the last person that found it said, quick find after a short walk along the wall. Let's just look at a couple of pictures. And when I say let's, I guess I mean me, unless you're following along. Let's look at the gallery and see what this place looks like. Well, it's in the woods. You know, if this is a wall, that's a little confusing. I think what it is, is they stacked up a bunch of rocks along a very, it's not steep. It doesn't look bad at all. It looks like you could walk along a trail. It's a really big ammo can, or it's a smaller person holding, a smaller adult holding the can but it definitely is an ammo can. He doesn't show me where he found it, but you can see that it's in a forest, there's a trail, and there are some large rocks, you know, big rocks, but not like a rock pile, not like you're gonna go look in one of those endless piles of rocks for something small. Oh yeah, it's a big cache. I'm looking at some other people holding the container, and it's large. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm making you guys wait while well, I just, I'm just surfing the internet. Yeah. I'm going to add this to my list. I need to go. To, I haven't been to Connecticut for maybe a couple of years. I used to have some accounts there and I got quite a few of the counties done and then I don't go back to that account anymore. So I didn't ever finish the state. I don't know. I, I won't go through any more states, but I'm going to try to every so often pick a couple of states and talk to you about the favorite in that state. So this week we got two. We got one in Connecticut that's a traditional and we have one in Texas that is a multi 
and they both look pretty easy to get to, okay? So let's add those to our list. What do you think? What if we all turned the, the uh, car around now and just headed toward the one in Texas and then we all meet there? I think it's a good idea. I'll see you guys in Texas at the multi. See you next week. You've been listening to the Where Is It Now Geocaching Podcast. Please subscribe, rate us five stars in your reviews and tell your friends about the podcast. Now, be good lads and lassies and go and find a geocache.